Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the President and Vice Presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick and afflicted, and he raised them. The account of Jesus' baptism goes together with the account of his temptation. They are not one event, the two events, but it is the Holy Spirit that descends on Jesus in bodily form as a dove at his baptism that then fills him and guides him or drives him out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. Welcome back to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson on Jesus' baptism and temptation in Luke chapters 3 and 4. Then we'll discuss a new study on assisted suicide and the increase in suicides in general with Wesley Smith of the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. Why was Jesus baptized? The answer to that is found in Luke chapter 3, when John answered the people because they thought that John the baptizer might be the Christ. And he says, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. That, that simply means that that was the work of a slave. And John the baptizer did not even think he was worthy enough to be a slave for Jesus. And then he continuing, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now. Up to this point, Jesus had not yet started his ministry with miracles. The first miracle you'll remember was, of course, the miracle of changing water into wine. So this was the beginning of his official ministry. And in another part of the Bible, John argues with him saying, no, no, no. You should not be baptized by me. I should be baptized by you. And Jesus says, no, it is needed for me to be baptized in order that all righteousness might be fulfilled. Now, what does that mean? What Jesus is saying is that before the beginning of creation, the Holy Trinity had made plans to save people, for they knew that people would sin and fall from grace. And so Jesus, it was decided, the second person of the Trinity, needed to become a human being. And why did he have to become a human being? Because only human beings 
could reconcile another human being. God needed to become a human being. And we need to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul is talking about that we are ambassadors for Christ, and we need to be reconciled to God because God is reconciled to us because of the cross of Jesus Christ. But verse 21 is really important for this lesson. Chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, Jesus was not born as a sinner. He was pure, holy, and sinless. But remember what the baptism of John the baptizer was. It was a baptism of repentance. And that's why I think John the baptizer was confused. Jesus did not need to repent of any sins. So Jesus should be baptizing John, not vice versa. But to fulfill all righteousness, which means the plan of God from the beginning of creation, Jesus needed not only to become a human being, which occurred at Christmas in his incarnation, but he also needed to become a sinner. And that's why God the Father, well, remember the words from the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was the worst sinner of the world because he had every sin of every human being, thought, word, and deed. And that began his earthly ministry when he became a sinner by being baptized with the baptism of repentance. And the Holy Spirit came down and went within him so that he was guided by the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form as a dove? It means that John the baptizer saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. It's not necessary that we believe that he looked like a dove, but the way he would have descended would have been like a dove rather than like an eagle, who is very fast. A dove is slow. And therefore, that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit also meant that that was a sign that we also will be filled with the Holy Spirit in our baptism. And that's why we even baptize infants. It's clear from John the baptizer that before he was born, he had faith because that's the promise Gabriel had given to his father. And he leaped for joy in the womb of Elizabeth when he was six months old in the womb, when Jesus, who was in the womb of Mary, entered into the home of Elizabeth. So God can give faith to even a child who is not yet born. And the promise is 
he definitely gives both the forgiveness of sins and the gift of faith to any child who is baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's his promise. And though we may not understand that, we believe it. And therefore, we're saved, not by our works, not by our perfect understanding. We're saved by believing the promises that God has given us, which is what the gospel is all about. How should we understand that voice from heaven? You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Jesus had to make a choice. In going to John the baptizer, he could have refused to be baptized. But being the beloved son of God, he followed the will of his father. Remember, he did that also in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but thy will be done. There is such a close relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that they have a oneness of purpose and a oneness of mission. And therefore, he believed that he needed to be baptized by reading the Holy Scriptures. Much of what Jesus learned was from the Old Testament, which were the only Holy Scriptures at the time. And therefore, in obedience to his father, he was baptized, declared to be a sinner at that point, and yet died for the sins of every person in the world. What should we know about this genealogy of Jesus that Luke puts in between the baptism and the temptation of Jesus? What he does is Jesus was about 30 years of age when he began his ministry. So somebody would say, no, he did miracles when he was a kid. No, no. That verse 23 shows he began his ministry when he was about 30 years of age. And then it goes through that he was related all the way back to David because it's through David's family that the Messiah would come. And therefore, what Luke does is he traces all the way from Adam to Jesus to show that the line was not broken. And that's really important because we remember that the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of God, the son of Boaz. This is really the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth was not written for Ruth to return with Naomi as an example of proper marriage that you will leave your God and follow the God of the Christian. No, it was written primarily to show us that God kept his word and continued the line from Adam all the way through Boaz, who married Ruth, and continued the line to Joseph. And Jesus, therefore, of the house of David, became the Messiah. Why was Jesus tempted? Well, first of all, 
Did he make the decision to be tempted? No. Chapter 4, verse 1. He was full of the Holy Spirit that had occurred at the baptism, returned from the Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. And he would eat nothing during those days. Now, that's really important to understand that Jesus here was being tested. He had already fulfilled becoming baptized, becoming a human being, becoming a sinner for all people. But now, was he going to overcome the temptations of Satan? And Satan's temptations were quite alluring. In other words, one would imagine that Jesus could have saved himself from the crucifixion if he had followed the advice of Satan. And that's why it's important for the Sunday school teachers to make it clear what those particular temptations were. What should we learn from the first temptation to feed himself miraculously? Yes, one of the things that I like doing, and I do this in youth confirmation, is Jesus reverses almost everything that the Israelites did wrong in the Old Testament, why they were taken into Babylonian captivity. And their errors began with Adam and Eve. You will recall when the devil, who was tempting Eve, said, you can eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You will not die. You will become like God. Your eyes will be open. You will know good and evil. Verse 6 of chapter 3 in Genesis has three reasons why Eve takes from the fruit of the tree. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. I find a parallel with those three reasons that Eve had to sin against God and the three temptations that Satan gave to Jesus. So when it says, you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Remember Eve, looked at the tree, and she thought that the tree was good for food. But Jesus had been put in the wilderness for 40 days, mimicking the 40 years of Israel in the wilderness, and he was not to eat bread. And therefore, if he had eaten bread, he would have sinned against the Father. And therefore, Jesus, in each of the temptations, uses a Bible verse from the book of Deuteronomy. And the verse he uses here is, man shall not live by bread alone. And that's really what Eve had not understood. The tree looked good for food, and therefore 
it kind of shows how we're often tempted by possessions that we own or our appetites, etc. And we love the carnal world, the flesh world, rather than the spiritual world. Jesus was showing how to remain spiritual even in the temptation of Satan with this first temptation. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We will talk about Jesus' second temptation when we return, teaching a Sunday school lesson on the temptation of Jesus in Luke chapter 4. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, as we move farther into St. Luke, we cover the Benedictus Part 2, Nativity of Jesus, Shepherds and Angels, Visit of the Shepherds, Circumcision and Presentation. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. Equipping the priesthood of all believers, you're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. As you read through Psalm 23, what enemies do you see? The clearest enemy to me is death in verse 4. As David writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Verse 4 contains the phrase, I will fear no evil, but King David does not specify what evil he's referencing. He could be speaking about sin, death, and Satan all together. That's a little bit from 10 questions to ask every time you read the Bible, our Issues Etc. Book of the Month for November. It's at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House and ask for 10 questions to ask every time you read the Bible, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040. We're talking about Jesus' baptism and temptation in Luke chapters 3 and 4 with Pastor Tom Baker, host of the radio show called Law and Gospel for almost 30 years 
He met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, what is the second temptation? The second temptation is, I will give you all the authority of the kingdoms of the world, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. This fits in that the tree was able to make one wise, according to Eve. And to be wise would mean that we often look at political leaders as wise because they get elected, etc. So if Jesus had received these kingdoms from Satan, there would have been no need for him to die on the cross to begin his new kingdom, namely the kingdom of God, the Holy Christian Church. All he had to do was to worship Satan. He then uses another verse from Deuteronomy. It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And that fits with the idea that, boy, Eve thought she would become wise, that she would become God. We need to understand, and the children need to know this, that when you sin, you are pretending to be God because you are rejecting God's will and doing what you feel you want to do, thinking thereby that you can become your own God. And that's the second temptation. How does Satan then tempt Jesus a third time? So the third temptation, again, from chapter 4, he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it was written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. This is a real opportunity for the Sunday school teachers to get across to the students that when Satan tempts us, he also can appear to be using Bible verses, but he is, of course, taking them out of context. This is the sin that Eve had, that she therefore would think that it was a delight to the eyes why would it be a delight to the eyes of others if Jesus would jump down from the top of the temple? There was a tradition in Judaism that when the Messiah came, he would appear at that corner of the temple. And therefore, if he would fall down, people would say, he, therefore, is the Messiah. But Jesus answered Satan again. It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then the devil ended every temptation. Now, we only have three temptations, but in 40 days in the wilderness, there would have been more than that. 
And after this, boy, did the devil ever continue to tempt Jesus. He had his disciples almost reject him as God. When, for example, he stilled the storm on the Sea of Galilee, they said, who is this man that can do that? And did not realize that they were dealing with God. So it wasn't until the resurrection when Thomas said, my Lord and my God, did they come to a realization that Jesus, yes, he was a human being, but he also was God himself in the second person of the Trinity. So I would advise the Sunday school teachers to have Genesis 3, verse 6, kind of written out to see the three temptations that moved Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and how her three temptations were similar to Jesus. She fell into Satan's trap, as did Adam, who was with her. But on the other hand, Jesus did not fall into that temptation and remain true to the mission that the Father had sent him on. He was not a sinner. And therefore, when he died on the cross, he did not die for his own sins, even though he was declared to be sinner by God out of that Second Corinthians passage. He died for my sins, your sins, and the sins of everyone in the world who sin by thought, word, and deed. It says now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. What does that mean? Well, an opportune time would be another occasion when there would be a real temptation on the part of the devil to Jesus. For example, remember when he's arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter takes out a sword and cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest, Malchus. Jesus says to him, Peter, put up your sword, for if I wanted, I could call a legion of angels down and protect me. He refused that, and instead, he obediently went the way of the cross. And therefore, those opportune times that the devil had, Jesus never forsook his mission or his faith in his Holy Father until the cross when even after the Father had departed from him because he was a sinner, at the end of the crucifixion, Jesus says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And that was fulfilled also. How should the children then respond when they face temptation in their lives? They can respond by, first of all, remembering hopefully what their parents taught them about sin. They need to recognize that every sin, you're pretending to be like God. You don't do any sin without breaking the first commandment. Then, hopefully, they have been hearing hymns, knowing the liturgy, hearing Bible verses, 
sermons, and also going over the small catechism in their homes that their parents can teach them. And they can listen to those words and in those promises from Jesus, be strengthened to withstand temptation. And there are many temptations for young people today. It may be not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but it could be partaking of illegal drugs or other such activities that are contrary to the word of God. And when they realize that all of these temptations are similar to that of Jesus, they can cling to Jesus, ask him for help. And the promise is, never will you get a temptation beyond your ability to endure, and you will also find a way of escape. And that's why it's so important for the children to learn to trust the promises of Jesus Christ, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. All things will work together for our good and many other promises that he gives us. Finally, what's the law and gospel of this lesson? The law and gospel is that many times we think we can overcome our sin. And by our good works, we think we can put them on a scale and they'll weigh more than our sin. No, that's the law. And it accuses us of failing even to do a good work with proper motivation. The gospel is that Jesus underwent baptism and the temptations of Satan to show us how innocent he was, how sinless he was, and therefore we can have an assurance that on the cross he did not die for his own sins, he died for mine and yours. And that will give us great comfort in the midst of turmoil and temptation because Jesus never forsakes us. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. And thank you. Wesley Smith will be alongside after the break. We're going to look at a new study on assisted suicide and a correlation with an increase in suicides in general. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the president and vice presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. IssuesETC.org slash 2023 nominations. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. 
click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House, listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. The Word of God, Daily Worship, Lutheran Hymnody and Catechesis, Instruction in Phonics, Traditional Math, Literature, Grammar, History, Latin, and Strings. It's all part of our daily life here at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. St. Paul is seeking teaching candidates for the 2023-24 school year. Learn more at school at stpaulhamel.org. Consider joining the faithful faculty at the only classical Lutheran school in Greater St. Louis. School at stpaulhamel.org. As we prepare for the Advent season this year, it's time for some contemplation. Your Christmas are from the 80s. They're made of styrofoam, the glitter has dropped off, and they're being held together with toothpicks. Don't celebrate another Christmas hearkening back to the age of glitter balls. See Ad Crusom's beautifully designed Christmonds together with our book describing how they fit into the church year. Visit adcrusom.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Truth-Centered Mission Outreach. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Calvary Lutheran, Baltimore, Maryland. Faith Lutheran, Capistrano Beach, California. Good Shepherd Lutheran, Lincoln, Nebraska. Emmanuel Lutheran, Osceola, Iowa. Messiah Lutheran, Keller, Texas. Prince of Peace Lutheran, San Diego, California. St. John Lutheran, Algoma, Wisconsin. St. Paul Lutheran, Cedar, Michigan. Trinity Lutheran, Auburn, Nebraska. And Zion Lutheran, Gwinner, North Dakota. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.